0: It's actually been really powerful to have to learn how to inspire one another and also understand the, what's behind a particular behavior, what's driving it, what's the need, what's the desire, what's the longing, what's the fear. Hello
1: and welcome to the BBXX podcast. Let's get intimate. I'm your host, Sasha Laurie, and I'm here to bring you content, conversations, insights, perspectives, and lessons learned that will bring you closer to a deeper appreciation for and relationship with yourself. I'm here to bring you conversations about sexuality, self-awareness, self-development. Relationships, intimacy, exploration that will guide you on your journey to deeper self understanding. Our close relationships account for 70% of our happiness and 90% of our well being. So, better relationships really does mean a better life. I'm so happy to have you here with me. And as always, I'm right here next to you along for the ride on this wild, crazy, beautiful journey. Hello, I'm so excited to bring you another conversation with Adriana and Michael. We were originally supposed to just have one interview with the two of them together. And honestly, conversation was just way too interesting. If you haven't checked it out yet, Go back, check out the first interview with the two of them together, where we explore desires, fears, and boundaries in relationships. And today we're gonna continue to dive even deeper into the different tools that they recommend using in your relationships so that you can co-create the partnership of your dreams one of my favorite things about them is that they share these really personal relatable stories from their relationship and have so much expertise in the area of communication conflict resolution so many different tools and games that you can practically incorporate into your own relationship and while a lot of it might be you know serious or deep there's also a lot of fun, weirdness, and humor mixed in along the way. So without further ado, let's continue the conversation. Hello, so excited to have the two of you back on the show and to continue our chat that could probably and hopefully will go for episodes more, but, excited to dive into some of the more nitty-gritty obstacles, tips, tactics, practical, actionable stuff today, and to hear about some of the more difficult times in your relationship. So let's just get straight into
2: it. (laughs) Let's do it.
1: And I'd love to have the two of you Tell me about some of the more difficult times in your relationship and how you navigated them, how you got through them, and how you took them and used those difficult times to actually make you better and stronger as a result.
0: For me, what comes up is I think we had to really figure out what monogamy Mm -hmm. meant to us as a couple and that was really interesting michael and complex and painful really painful at different points and i prior to being with michael had only ever been in monogamous relationships that pretty much fell under like i would say a pretty conventional idea of what monogamy is and then michael and i met and at the time michael was Openly seeing multiple women and hadn't really been in a monogamous relationship in quite a while. And so, just the choice to be with one person was a pretty big shift and also comes with like pretty unconventional ideas and philosophies of life in general. And that definitely came into our partnership. And I think for a while now, and even till this day, at first it was very clunky. And so at first it felt really challenging. I think now we're at overall a very good place with it. And we can talk more about the details, but I feel like there was a learning that needed to happen. We needed to co-design what it meant to us. And what was challenging was I came in with very clear expectations of what I thought that we both were on board for. And so the process of realizing... We don't share some of the beliefs that I hold around this and really starting to examine where do these beliefs come from? How did I get here? Am I consciously choosing the way I want to be relating to this or have I basically just internalized something I've been told about relationships and that's the expectation that I have? And is that actually serving of me? Is that actually serving of Michael? And is it actually aligned with the type of relationship that we both want to experience and be a part of? So much more I could say about that, but I'm curious to open it up to you. And here,
2: I feel myself constrict a little bit when we talk about this topic because I feel it's very easy to judge and or like make wrong non-monogamous approaches to relationship. It depends on the circle. Some circles, it's the other way, you know, where it's like monogamy is this old, outdated paradigm. And then there's mainstream society where it's I think especially easy to judge men who express or feel desire and then are willing to share that instead of bottle it up. But I think that definitely that was a challenging thing for both of us to move into. I think I had been monogamous for the first several years of my dating career, but I had been, well, I at least had been trying to be and what was actually by definition. But I started feeling trapped pretty easily in my relationships. And I gave myself this period of time to really not conform to this structure and just be open about it and be in the exploration of what I really want what lights me up, what helps me be the best version of myself. And I was doing that when we met, like other I said, like I was exploring with more than one person.
0: And very transparently yeah, with very all transparently, of these You know, ethical, well.
2: ethical non-monogamy, everything very much focused on truth and transparency and coming into an alignment of what's really the relationship here that works for both people. And that means a lot of times passing on sex or other depth of romance if both people don't really want that. I felt like I was actually like healing a lot of stories and wounds that I had around relationship and around commitment as like a place where freedom goes to die kind of thing. But to get to this challenge for both of us, at the same time as I was doing this in a really conscious and healthy way, I think, I was also receiving a lot of validation from having the attention of more than one person. And when there's multiple people in the picture, it's easy to just go where where it feels good. For example, I remember on our third time seeing each other we had just recently become monogamous i think so this was probably the fourth trip we took together
0: we'd probably been monogamous at this point for what three 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 weeks weeks or so something like that yes
2: yeah so we're just chilling and i'm not even thinking anything of this but i'm just on tinder finding some matches and stuff and i was (laughs) thinking about it as like you know, whatever, in case we want to bring someone else in or in case. Hold
0: on, let me share this because he (laughs) comes out, I'm massaging him, I'm giving him a massage and he kind of nonchalantly is, yeah, so sometimes when I'm in the bathroom, I'll just go on Tinder and like, I'm just looking at things and I was, and I'm a coach, you know this. And so I was like, okay, let me just take a really curious approach to this. So tell me what's driving you to do this. What feels exciting to you about this? And How does this relate to the fact that you and I recently became monogamous? And he was like, well, you know, I just figure like if we ever want to explore with someone else, it just keeps our options open. And he just could not see he was convincing himself.
2: Well, it's a good example of different (laughs) definitions of monogamy, right?
1: Right. In your mind, you weren't going against whatever rules or lack thereof had been laid out.
2: Right. This is one small example of lots of different things. I think Adriana had a very kind of conventional sort of idea of what monogamy means that's pretty specific about a lot of things and that was a lot different than what i had having been like well i'm just gonna be super creative about what relationship means and build it with the person from scratch basically right those are very different approaches to like figuring out how we want to be together
0: ish though because you also were doing a lot of these things unconsciously too it's not like you were like hey we should have a conversation about this that was part of the learning for us was that we realized these things started to happen where it's like oh we're seeing this really differently. So that kind of led us to be like, okay, we need to actually have some conversations to really understand what does this mean to each of us? What are we actually saying yes to? And what are we committed to when we say that we're choosing one another?
1: I really like this idea of shared understanding. I talk a lot about operational definitions. I want to rewind to this moment where Michael comes out of the bathroom and Adriana, you made this choice. You said to yourself, okay, I'm just going to approach this from curiosity. And now looking back, right, you guys can say, yeah, in that moment, Michael really didn't think in any way that he was doing something malicious or going against any contracts that has been set out. Or you can see so clearly where the disconnect was and why it happened and clearly have long since overcome this. But in that moment where he walks out of the bathroom and he says this to you, I think a lot of people listening are going to be like, I would flip the fuck out, right? Or like at best, not react necessarily in the way that you did. How do you make that choice in the moment? What were the different versions of you and your reaction that were popping up? Mm -hmm. And to use this as an example for whatever it is that comes up for any one of us when we're put into this situation where it's easy to go from zero to a hundred and actually maybe miss out on some of the lessons. The way you handled it is so hard, but it also sounds like it got you guys to a deeper place of understanding that allowed for this huge lesson that has been invaluable throughout the whole course of your relationship and frankly could have escalated quickly into something that perhaps could have ended the relationship right there
0: i just want to say like there have been other times this happened to be like a very mild trigger for me there have been other experiences where something similar has played out and it has hit me harder and I have not been able to respond as gracefully as I have. And so that just feels important to say. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I
1: really appreciate
0: that. Plenty of those moments. I think what was in this instance, there was something really humorous about the situation because he brought it up so nonchalantly. And I could tell that there was like, it wasn't like you went in his
1: phone, you found it. He brought it up in such a way that It was clear where the level of awareness or lack thereof was.
0: Yeah, he was transparent, which was very helpful without me needing to pry information out of him. So that was really helpful. Also, there was a way in which I could see almost, I felt in some ways I was interacting with like the teenager in him that really just wanted the validation and loved lust and loved desire. And I was just like, it didn't feel particularly threatening. Like I did feel a part of myself initially when he brought it forward, I felt a small part of myself contract. But I also recognized that we were still learning each other. I mean, I know Michael a lot now, four years into our relationship, we know each other so much more than we did at this stage in the relationship. And In order to really stay connected, it was important for me to bring curiosity in order to actually understand what the drive was for him. So that was really my biggest motivation was to say, where is this coming from? What is he actually longing for? What is he needing? Because if I can understand that, then I can understand how we as a partnership can create that in the relationship in a way that feels aligned for both of us.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had been talking about this Openly about how I had been not monogamous, we were being monogamous, being open about the different challenges that we were facing along the way. So, like, when this moment came up, we were able to just talk about it. It wasn't like Adriana didn't move into like judgment and escalation. I didn't move into like contraction and defensiveness either because we were cultivating a relationship where we could show up however we really were. And we were interested in what each other's real, authentic experience was and is. And I still think that we do that in our relationship most of the time. And I think our relationship is definitely at its best when we're doing that. Because I think what can so often happen in conflict is like, once one person starts making the other person's behaviors wrong, like actually morally wrong or worse, once someone starts feeling playing the right and wrong game, it can really quickly escalate to both sides being defensive and pulling back. So I think that's a big part of it, too.
0: This would actually be a really interesting place to go because we were realizing that some of the places where conflict has not resolved quickly in our partnership is where one of us has taken a moralistic stance and almost unconsciously kind of minimize someone's character in ways that actually can lead to like guilt or can lead to so many other things that we can talk about. But there's one thing that I wanted to go back to saying about that particular instance that I think was actually really useful in terms of not leading to the defensiveness is that To be clear, I was not interested in Michael being on Tinder. That was not something that I was available for or open to in terms of where we were. And rather than being like, I can't believe you would do that. How dare you? You conniving, whatever. Some of the questions I asked included things like, how do you feel like the decision to do that or putting your energy into Tinder is going to support us in deepening our relationship?" And I asked a series of questions that actually led him to realize that that actually wasn't where he wanted to put his energy. And I could have just been like, that's not cool. I don't want you doing that. But it's a very different energy to have him actually come to the realization himself. It's not in service to the relationship right now for me to be engaging in this behavior and so i mean i'd be curious to hear you speak to that but i felt like that shifted the energy of how the conversation could have gone
2: i mean i'm terrible with people telling me what to do we both are so it's definitely always a a matter of helping me see that it's actually more aligned to act in a certain way than it is to restrict me from doing things because that just doesn't work for my for me
0: One of Michael's number one values is freedom. And so if I try and tell him what to do, it's a dog who just collapses their body and is refusing to move. They're like digging their heels in, like, no.
2: Well, I've tried because I know how that path leads me and it shuts me down. I lose passion. I lose energy. If I feel like I'm in a relationship where I'm just being controlled, it just makes me resent the other person. And you're not so different, by the way. No,
0: for sure. (laughs) We both are very stubborn. We both really value autonomy and freedom. And so it's actually been really powerful to have to learn how to inspire one another and also understand the, what's behind a particular behavior, what's driving it, what's the need, what's the desire, what's the longing, what's the fear, and being able to actually get more to the root and to help the person really understand themselves and come back to their own values so that they can come into even greater alignment in these moments or not. That's happened too, is the decision of this is my alignment. So how do we engage if our alignments actually don't seem to be synced up, which is challenging and really big work. I
1: love this idea of shared understanding and what you were saying at the end there really has to do with something I wrote down, which is we so often look at the what of what happened. Versus kind of the why. So, thinking about the what versus the why. And that why is some of the things that you just mentioned of what is the desire? What is the fear? What is the hope? And when we choose to just focus on the what happened rather than all of the things that have to do with the why behind it, then we miss out on opportunities for learning. I really loved the comment about not making the other person wrong. And in terms of helping people figure out how they can have sort of fruitful conflict like this, how much of it would you say is done outside of that moment, right? Shared understanding, clarifying boundaries, desires for boundaries, all of that. And how much of it is kind of in the moment? And what is it that people can do outside of that moment? And then in the moment to try and get to the point where they're able to have conflict in a healthy way, this.
2: We actually get comments from a lot of couple friends that they love when we get in conflict. Like we're both pretty willing to just go there in front of, obviously we're on a podcast doing that, but just in general, so we get that comment a lot, like, wow, you two are great at fighting. And it's kind of funny, but it's actually, I think, a superpower of ours that actually started from the beginning. And I think a ton of it has to do with outside of that moment, personally. That's how I see it. I think that in those moments, if there's not the groundwork outside of those moments, then it's extremely difficult. And we can talk, I think, I know last time we mentioned about the primal sound or the ways of bringing humor or just physical, physiological release in the moment. I think outside of the moment, conflicts come to a head in certain moments when there are just different understandings or perspectives or energies or whatever in different people. Adriana has this energy of integrity and really being very committed, wanting agreements to be upheld to the T, which is beautiful. I have this value of flow and really adaptability and really wanting to like go with what's happening in the moment. Those are each amazing qualities that make us, each of us who we are. What can happen is in moments, those can quite obviously come into conflict because I might want to do something differently than what we had previously talked about based on what's happening. And that can lead to a disagreement and conflict. So those moments are like where those two things come to a head. But if we can ahead of time talk about that and honor one another, if I can really recognize how amazing it is to be with a partner who has such deep integrity, who when she says something, I can trust it a thousand percent and all that. That's such an amazing quality. And if she can recognize that my spontaneity and playfulness and flow and attunement to the moment are such a gift to help bring her into the moment, and we can actually talk about that when we're not triggered and actually recognize that there's these different ways of being that make us so dynamic together and make our relationship great, then when those moments come up, we have this appreciation and shared understanding so that if we start to go down the trigger path, maybe we want to hash it out and be in the conflict. That's fine. But we're still holding this overall recognition that we're better together or that this is who the other person is. And I think that's just one example of outside of the moments of conflict. It's maybe not preventing the conflict, but it's actually setting up for the conflict to happen in a productive way rather than a destructive way. So I really think taking the time to be aware of the differences that people have. And instead of, I think many couples avoid talking about the things that seem hard or seem different because we don't want to feel like we don't work, we're not compatible, or we don't want to feel like, you know, there's something wrong with our relationship. But in avoiding it, we make it all shadowy and it comes out and surprises us. Whereas if we create the space to talk about these things ahead of time, then when that happens, we can hold it in a much more productive way.
0: Part of what I'm hearing and what you're saying is those things, those understandings actually help give the benefit of the doubt and be generous with one another when we're able to show up in that way. And I think the more that individuals who are in an intimate relationship with one another know one another, like vulnerably know one another, like know, have taken the time to really understand the root of different triggers that exist in our lives, right? Different fears that we have or different needs that one another have. Then in the moment when conflict arises, it becomes a lot easier to actually see what's behind. So for example, if anyone's more moody in the relationship, it's me. That's it's just part of my work in the world like I think you and I talked about this maybe a little bit Sasha, but like I'm like feeling grief and anger and Every now and then, Michael will just get really grumpy. And I call him, first of all, his grumpiness, I has a name. I call him Mr. G for Mr. Grump. And so I'll be like, oh, hi, Mr. G. And the thing is, it's pretty consistently when I would say like 80% of the times when Mr. G is present, it's because Michael isn't feeling as connected to me as he wants to. And so I can either get Poked by his grumpiness and like go into my own grumpiness or get reactive to it. Or in the moments, and when I'm able to be like, oh, sweetheart, are you needing some attention? Like, do we need to carve out (laughs) some time for us to go and play in the bedroom? Or do we need to sync up? Let me drop in deep presence with you and just make sure that you really feel my love right now. In the moments when I can respond that way, rather than a conflict emerging, it actually becomes an opportunity for us to sync up even more deeply. But it's me understanding that he has a deep need for connection and intimacy, and if to and like that, some of the ways that it can show up are X, Y, and Z. There's so many different ways that we can do this for each other as partners, but if we don't take the time to really understand what someone's deeper needs, fears, and longings are how people act up or act, their behaviors come out sideways when they're not having those things met, then it's really easy to just get triggered and go into, and like for things to escalate quickly.
1: Right. And so seeing that it's almost not irrelevant, but of little importance, how things start and almost the why, but it's the reaction and the ability to dissolve rather than escalate. Because as soon as it starts to escalate, then it can spiral out. And that's The real problem is the reaction to it, not necessarily the behavior or the feeling or the action or whatever it is.
2: In most cases, absolutely, yeah.
1: Michael, when you said your guys' ability to be able to carve out space for shared understanding, and this question is for both of you, obviously, again, trying to get as practical as possible, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? What are some of the questions? Adriana, you mentioned one of Michael's number one values is freedom. And so I was curious, is that something that you just know about him or rather you guys have sat down and talked about what your values are?
2: Well, so to get to the practical application of creating space. So actually this is a perfect time to ask because this weekend we're doing what we call MA weekends, which is for Michael and Adriana weekends. So where we set everything else aside for a weekend and just have space together and we always go into that intentionally so like we've actually been connecting this week and recognizing that it's been a little while since we've had enough space to other ju- down was sharing that she wasn't feeling as emotionally connected lately so we were like oh we haven't done an mna weekend for too long so let's do that so it's not a rigid format but we always start by checking in about what would be the most meaningful for us to connect about this weekend and right now i know part of it is we're both undergoing a bit of a transition where we're focusing more on intimacy and relationships for our work together. And there's other things that are just changing our lives. So I know one of the things we really want to get into is getting creative about what are the most important things to us now. One other thing about creating the space is that people change, you know, we're four years and we were just talking about how we both feel like recently is when we both feel like we're officially in the long term relationship. And obviously, I'm sure that's relevant. I'm sure in 10 years and 20 years, we'll think back and think this is not that long of a term relationship. But we're out of the honeymoon phase. And we're in a a different chapter and we have each grown as individuals. The relationship has evolved. And yet in some ways, I think we're still seeing each other and seeing the relationship through lenses that are outdated. So one of these things with these weekends is to really connect in the present moment and to like ask what's most important to us now. What are we yearning for the most in our relationship? What feels like areas where we're really rocking it together? What feels like areas that actually really could use some work? Those types of questions about essentially like what's going well and what could be better, but also just going with where that takes us.
0: And also like, what do we need to clear anything sticky that we actually Mm -hmm. need to take the time to clear in order to have feel more emotionally and physically connected to one another.
2: Yeah, these weekends are always a bit of a journey. Actually, at the start, usually there's a Usually I cry for the
0: first few hours.
2: (laughs) There's some crying for hours. I don't know about that. But there's some. the first few
1: days I'm just (laughs) sobbing.
2: Well, knowing Adriana, that can happen. I am a crier. Usually in a good way. Usually the tears are a sign of things going really well, actually. But anyway, yeah, there's a period of time where we kind of just need to like sync up and like whatever has accumulated in the relationship that has gone unaddressed or some resentments that one of us might be holding or something that happened that we didn't get to fully work through or something feels like that kind of is the first block of time. Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's three hours, maybe it's really short, depending. And then after that is usually when we open up to them more like, okay, well, where do we want to go from here? But it's really important to have space to like sync up first and clear whatever's in the way. And then from there to get to those questions of how do we create the lives we want together?
0: and I just want to say the reason why it's important to do the clearing from our perspective is if we don't do the clearing, then we're just carrying that into whatever we're doing next. And if the aim is to actually create more intimacy and we're not actually addressing any, whether it's small or big elephants in the room, then it's actually inhibiting our ability to actually tap into the type of depth and love and intimacy that we both want to experience. And so- it feels really important that we
1: do that. I've kind of been thinking of this as we've been talking as bringing to the table a conflict resolution toolkit where people can practice some of these things, try them out. Maybe the first time it's one night, right? Not a weekend, but taking some of these things and putting them into action. And so I really love this idea of the practical examples that you're giving.
2: Maybe one morning, because I think one thing we've found is that the evenings are the worst times to have these conversations because it's so important to be fresh and full of energy. Otherwise they can actually get worse. So we actually have a rule where if it's after 10, we just after nine, nine, whatever after eight, even, but after nine, it's, we just cut it and talk about it in the morning. Cause for us anyway, we're not night owls. We get, we have less brain power at that time. That's also important. (laughs)
1: Right. That reminds me of the expression of don't go to bed angry. And there's been a lot of mixed thought about that because also if you let things sit, sometimes they get worse, but also sometimes they just disappear. Sometimes you can be really upset about something and two minutes later, let alone two hours later, two weeks later, it has just doesn't matter at all or is almost laughable. So perfect. Morning's good to know. One thing I did want to mention is that The weekend and establishing upfront kind of what the purpose of it is and what the goals are really sounds like a shared understanding, even for the creation process of the shared understanding. And again, the why behind it, because some of these questions, which were what's not going well, right? If somebody were just to bring it up without context can easily lead to conflict or could escalate. But when it's brought up through the lens and with the why of the why is to Deepen our connection to resolve this, to get on the same page. Then all of a sudden, it lands totally differently when there's that alignment on the why, and the same thing on the surface can register totally differently. So, Michael, when you said that actually tears usually mean things are going well, because otherwise, Adriana could break down into tears, you could panic, it could escalate, but actually you have that sense and that knowing that it's going well. So your reaction is totally different as a result.
0: Yeah, there's another thing that I think we don't do as much now, but we were doing a lot. The first couple years of our relationship that I think also was really helpful on a monthly basis. And that was, we were to take time to step back and kind of reassess different categories of our relationship. We would do it individually first, and then we would actually have a conversation about it. The wheel that's often used in coaching, thinking about, but for relationship, thinking about, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how would we rank how we're feeling about our sex life? How would we rank how we're feeling about our finances, about our home, about our social life, about our
2: personal growth and development,
0: about our spiritual connection with one another. And we basically decided what are the things that are important for us as a partnership to be checking in about because they could be different for different partnerships. But that was a really great way to kind of see how are we feeling? How are we still in love? Are we still choosing each other? And if we're underneath an eight in any of these categories, it's like, I mean, if we're not at a 10 even, what's needed to move us towards the space together? Because we want to be living at a 10 in every single one of these areas. We're not going for a mediocre relationship. We're going for an extraordinary relationship. And so like, taking the time to slow down and check in is really essential. And even going back to these weekends that Michael was talking about, something that for both, whether it's the wheel conversation or whether it's the weekend, it does require of us that we take the time to actually reflect ahead of time. And I think a mistake a lot of people can make is they're like, okay, yeah, let's talk about our relationship and no one has taken the time to think about it. And so it's like people are much less likely to be able to articulate skillfully in a way that's like kind, loving, but truthful. And or aren't actually able to tap into the subtleties of things that could be better. I mean, when we've been really busy, sometimes it's taken me a couple of months to realize, oh, there's this subtle resentment or this subtle contraction that I've been feeling in the relationship. But because I hadn't given myself the time to actually like be like, what is this? What's here? then I couldn't even vocalize it to him. And so I I think that's really important when it comes to these types of conversations and this preparation work as well.
1: Something that just came up for me is this metaphor with psychedelics, how it's all about set and setting, as they say, right? You can take a psychedelic and have a horrible experience. It's all about the set and setting. And it seems the same way with these conversations. If you have the right set and setting, they can be so powerful. If you, if they come up as a surprise or if you haven't equipped yourself correctly or haven't laid out guidelines or gotten on the same page with the why, then it can easily go wrong. But when you set yourself up for success with the set and setting, it, it's really the key to deeper connection. And how much of it has to do with having things spoken. It sounds like you guys don't leave much room for assumptions in the relationship. And probably a lot of relationships operate. There is a smile there.
2: Well, yeah, I have a story. I'm sure they're still
1: made, but I heard something interesting the other day where somebody was talking about sex and like, have you ever asked your partner what they actually like. And I'm sure most people who have been in a long-term relationship would say like, of course, I know what turns my partner on because I'm sure you do. And have you ever actually asked them and how much more could there potentially be to the story or things that you don't know or things that they don't even know because maybe they've never been asked. And so this art of having things be known and spoken and Of course, it's limitless and we're always changing too. So the answer to certain questions might change, but it does seem a lot of it is taking the things and the feelings and the assumptions we have within us and trying to put it in this kind of shared space between us. And through that comes the connection through that space and the energy and the clarity.
2: 100%. I think we're smiling because we do that really intentionally, like really try to get everything out. There's a story actually about another time that we experienced conflict that I think is a pivotal moment for us in that area. So, and this actually happened during an MA weekend, but a while ago. But another really challenging conflict we had near the start was that Adriana had been in a long term kind of off and on relationship with a previous partner, and there was still some codependency stuff there. And the way that that came out really scared me and got me really triggered and kind of, yeah, just scared that she was still in love with this other person or that there was something that was like in the way of us fully being able to have the relationship we want. And we were fighting about it a lot. And it was really challenging for us for a couple months. And I remember we had, we had one MA weekend where we had been just kind of in a tough spot together. And the first day or so of it, we went out to the park, we went on a walk, which is always nice sometimes to get out in the sunshine too. But And we just were really vulnerable about what we were experiencing about it. And it came forward that there were some things that Adriana was feeling, and you can obviously share add to the story, but feeling or thinking that she didn't feel safe to share with me because she in the past had felt if she spoke her whole truth, she'd get punished like the other person would hold back or she'd get punished for it in some way and yeah i realized that and i was really clear that i wanted the whole truth even if it was going to hurt i just wanted to know because it was so much worse for me to be like trying to think about what was going on than just actually knowing what was going on so through saying that consistently she decided to share the truth of the situation with me which was way less bad way less scary or whatever for me than i thought it would be and was just yeah a lot less of a big deal than i had been making it but the thing that i really want to share is in that moment when she shared that it was still a hard thing to hear, but I was more focused on the fact that she told the truth than on the fact that that particular truth hurt.
1: I remember this story. This came up in our conversation.
2: Oh, did it? Okay. It yes.
0: t- I don't remember what came up it. might up have been on a or- different one, but... I think it came it, up in our one-on-one. One on one. one. Yeah, not exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Well, our was- one-on-one podcast conversation. Yes, yeah. you mentioned this. Yeah. And you yeah. mentioned how... It like reconditioned your thinking and a positive association with very much so sharing your whole truth and how it was like an insanely powerful experience for you.
0: Yeah, very much so. I had so much fear. I mean, I had basically just internalized don't tell people I love hard truths because it will either lead to a break in the relationship or I'll hurt them. I was literally told in some of my family systems, you don't tell people the truth. Because it will hurt them. And that had really been eating me alive because I really, as Michael shared earlier, integrity is one of my top values. And so there was a lot of internal conflict. When I felt Michael consciously chose to meet me and hold my truth, there was something that got healed. And that was like three and a half years ago, three, three and a half years ago. Now, like I, Engage in sensitive conversations with people all the time. And it's, I, it really shifted the trajectory of my life in like a really significant way as it relates to being able to speak honestly and truthfully in a way that is intended to be of service to a relationship. So, yeah, it was really powerful. In this
1: instance, it's different than the one that we talked about earlier with Tinder, where the information was kind of willingly shared, versus in this instance, it kind of had to be pried out. But what I notice is that in both instances, the other person is more focused on how this conversation is in greater service to the relationship rather than any disservice it's doing to their ego or their emotions in that moment. A mm-hmm.
2: thousand percent. I think that's the key. I mean, that's maybe a key, if not the key, to like working through these conflicts. It's not easy. And that's part of the preparation for these types of weekends too. If there's something that feels big, that there's a real issue there for each person to reconnect and recommit to th- this whole thing, being in service of the love that we have and wanting deeper and grit to your point, Sasha, the why, right. And saying really connected to the why so that what's like a bump in the road, that's painful to go through, you know, jarring to go through is seen for what it is. And like held that way rather than yeah right cycles and escalates into more and i think you're totally getting to the heart of what has allowed us to have successful productive conflict is that us coming back to that and to be clear i don't always do that in the moment either she doesn't always do that in the moment either definitely but even when we don't we go our ways, and we like come back to that. And then we come back to it from there. And actually, we were taking a relationship course a year ago that had a really beautiful way of looking at conflict, which is to say that these deeper levels of conflict arise, because we start to feel safe in a relationship to let parts of ourselves that haven't been expressed before come out. So it's actually a sign that a relationship is strong when we start getting into deeper layers of conflict not that there's something wrong in the relationship per se again that goes back to that question of when do we keep going and when don't we but when it's a part of ourselves that maybe we suppressed a long time ago in childhood or a pattern a wound that we had from a long time ago that's coming out those are the signs that actually we're feeling our system is feeling safe enough now to actually try to repattern pattern that try to bring that forward and have it actually heal with this person that we're intimate with so to look at These things as opportunities and actually signs of strength as opposed to something is wrong again this right and wrong thing the whole idea of wrong can really take things off the rails
0: just to build on that for a second i think when we're not trying to understand what's behind when we are taking a moralistic approach to thinking like we are somehow our belief system or what we want is better than what the other person wants when we are trying to win rather than to actually find a win-win situation where both of us feel really solid about it. And when we're able to show up in ways that are like, we're able to really try to understand where is this coming from? What's the person needing? How do we create a win-win? How do I, rather than judging or character slaying or minimizing the person's perspective, seek to really understand them and have compassion for them? Like when we can come from that place, conflict is easy to resolve. I don't mean easy, like it's comfortable, but there's space for the solution to emerge in a way that's really aligned for both people and the relationship. And what can sound simple saying it like this. And I don't think it can feel simple all the time. And But I do think that for me is really a roadmap for like, how can I engage in these conversations in a way that actually will create a bridge to more understanding, to more connection, to more empathy, to more vulnerability, trust, and depth in our relationship. Thank you for sharing those moments
1: or patterns that sort of Are the failure modes, right? That you mentioned of when we are trying to win. And I definitely want to come back to that one when we have more time. When there are assumptions, when we're not on the same page, when we don't have the shared understanding, all of that stuff. And on the opposite side, when you do have that, when we do go in with that, it's the antidote to conflict. But like you mentioned, right? It can seem like a lot. It's simple, but certainly not easy. And I wanted to know what you would say to somebody who says, this sounds like so much effort?
2: So if someone were to say that this is so much effort, I would say that it is just like anything great in life and a great relationship does require effort. And just like anything great in life, I think that it can feel great along the way, most of the time. I think with any great thing, there's always parts of it that feel like hard and you just have to push through. And I think that is true. And at least in my experience in relationship and in our relationship, but most of the time it's effort, but it's fun and it's exciting. And it's, we get to know ourselves better and it's meaningful, inherently meaningful. There's so many ways in which intimate relationship is just inherently wired into feel great to human beings. So I think it's effort, but it's also, it gives back, I think gives back way more than it takes to put in. And also in the long run each of these individual conflicts or challenges they're hard once but then if we can really just put in the effort it needs once 100 percent of it it's done basically and then we can live a great life afterwards as opposed to like putting in 50 percent of the effort not really resolving it just whatever moving on but not really both people still hold it then it's always a pain in the ass why not address it at the root cause and clear it up so that from then on it's really That energy is free and we can have a loving relationship.
0: It's something I've been reflecting on a lot recently, which is, okay, because there there are times where I've seen myself want to avoid something or be like, I don't want to fucking put my energy into this. Like, hear that voice come out. This is not what I want to be spending my time and energy on. And what I've really started to shift into is, okay, I can either put the time in up front and it might be... Let's call it six hours total if it's a hot topic and it needs a few different conversations or it needs a day. It might be that, but if I don't choose that, then what's the energy cost that I'm going to experience by letting it drag out? Because at some point, either it's sucking my energy on a subtle level all the time, especially if it's with my romantic partner who I live with and who I spend the vast majority of my time and energy with, it's present. Even if it's unaddressed, even if it's been brushed under the rug, even if I put it on the back burner, even if I'm denying to myself, it is having an impact on me. And so the thing that I've come to is like, I would rather invest the time and energy up front to get to a clear, bright place in the partnership, rather than having this murky energy that's like dragging forward in our life with us that's actually taking over time a much larger toll than it would have if I'd just taken the time up front. So like we said earlier in the conversation, kind of going back to the first thing you just said in response to this, most of the things that we love most in life, whether it's like I'll use facilitate, we're facilitators. It's I've worked my ass off to develop that skill and it means the world to me. How can I expect anything different From If I'm choosing to have an extraordinary relationship, that doesn't just happen. We have to create that for ourselves and for each other. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of models of that, but I do think it's 100% possible, but it requires our willingness to actually invest the time and energy to make that possible and make that a reality.
2: The last thing, one more thing to add on this, just to keep building, because I think Most people know the feeling of when you first meet someone and you're just falling in love and you're just, everything is exciting, right? The first month or two months or whatever it is. How many times during that are you like, ah, it's too much energy. Fuck that. Nobody says that. Nobody even needs to sleep during that time. You just are like lit up by the energy of love. And that capacity for that doesn't actually go away. It's just that at the very start, it's really easy because everything is new. And it's all these chemicals that are happening but the capacity to have that level of energy is still there. Yes, it takes effort, but that's where it's like the give back to like be in that state. A lot of the time with your partner, yeah, it just feels way more worth it than the effort that it takes.
1: Yeah. Big thing that came up is really cost versus investment. And if people are looking at this as a cost of like, oh my God, I don't have six hours right now to think about this, to do this. And it's life is busy. Life is crazy. we don't have enough time and energy as it is. It's very easy to say, I don't have six hours to workshop this right now. But seeing it one as an investment that has compounded growth, compounded value that will come back to you, and actually viewing it as a much bigger cost not to invest that time and energy now, because that will be the cost that gets compounded as a result instead of the investment.
0: Yeah. Love that. One thing that feels that I want to say to that, that feels important is there's a huge difference between saying I am opting into making this investment because I'm committed to the bigger picture, the bigger outcome that I'm working towards versus uh, fine, I'll take the six hours because that's clearly what it needs. Because I've done that before. I am guilty of doing that. It, I love all your disclaimers so much. Because <laughs> it it feels, feels, Thank you. Thank you. Because yeah. I'm tracking myself. In integrity. those things.
1: You're like, I need to be in integrity when I tell people. Yeah, be,
0: well, because I have been guilty of that. I've gone into conversations where I was like, fine, I'll do this just to get to the other side of it. It does not go well. And the thing is, it's like, I need the sincerity and the genuine time. So it's like, I'm wasting my time and the other person's time if I'm not showing up with an open heart and genuine willingness to engage. We have to do our own work. If there's a part of us that's dragging our feet, we need to make sure we're clear and bright internally when we go into the conversation. It doesn't mean that we're all love and peace, but it's like, I'm committed to getting through this together.
2: This is actually, I think, a great way to address that question of like, when is it worth continuing? What challenges are a sign that we should actually separate from the partner or what challenges are a sign that actually we want to keep are just a natural part of going deeper with someone? So I would say, Sasha, based on this framework that you just gave of cost and investment, which I really love, I think when we invest in the relationship, when we give it truly our all, we're really there, we're really present, and we truly want to create the relationship. We're not dragging our feet to all those things that Adriana just shared. When we do that, We do need to see some return on that investment. And it may not be in one day. It may not even be in one week. But if we're talking about one month of really pursuing that and giving our investment and consistently coming back to it, and our partner is not willing to make the same investment, or maybe even they are, but it's just literally something's not working. It's not a good fit. That's to me when I would see as a sign to start to actually ask and pull back and say like, okay, is this the right person for me? But I think so many people don't take the time to really give it their 100% investment first because they're feeling hurt and resentful. And they're like, well, if you're not going to try, I'm not going to try. Or if you're going to do this to me, I'm going to do this to you. Or I had this issue in my childhood and now anyone now I don't have any trust. So as soon as one person does something, I'm out or whatever. Like I think that often gets in the way of people truly making that investment to really see. So just to bottom line that, I think it's if we're willing to 100% make this investment to work on the relationship and we see We should see progress pretty quickly if the other person is also willing to. And if we're not seeing that progress, that's to me where it's a sign to say, okay, is there something else? And it may not mean the relationship needs to end. Maybe there's professional help that's needed, a therapist or someone else who can help work through something. But yeah, I think that's how I might approach that question to circle back.
1: Another thing that came up while you were talking to that metaphor, if we were to just really go deep on this metaphor is that with investment, you can make a one-time big investment up front and it actually might really pay off later on. And you can kind of go all in on one thing. Another strategy is investing little by little consistently, maybe even diversifying your portfolio. And what happens, right, if we make this big investment and then soon after there's volatility in the market, then we're really going to feel it. Versus when we're making consistent investments, it's not going to be as volatile. We're not going to feel those valleys as much. And because we know that we're going to continue to be consistent, continue to invest, we're also not as worried in terms of going into catastrophizing the outcome and jumping to those conclusions. It builds that trust with ourselves. I think it was you and I's conversation, Michael, where we talked about trust and confidence, right? So if we have that trust that we will figure it out, we are learning, we are growing, can look at that learning curve or that investment curve. And it might not be where we thought it would be or hope, but we can see it's going in the right direction and have that trust in ourselves. Not only that we're on the right path, but also that even when newer, maybe more difficult things come our way, we will be able to figure it out and work together to do so.
2: Absolutely. In our experience, the ongoing investment so in that in the health of the relationship in the passion of the relationship in the like deep connection of it and the proactivity the word that keeps going to me in this is like proactivity versus reactivity like when we're at our best we're very proactive we're talking about things before they become full blown conflict we're dreaming into what we want in our relationship we're really making the space to create together create our, rela- our lives together and when we're not at our best usually is when we're reacting to something. We're reacting and escalating. So I think that's like, if there was one thing about a stance towards relationship and this and the weekends fall on this, right? Like we don't wait till we have some terrible thing to schedule a weekend. Sure. If there's a big conflict, we will, but the best way to do it is proactively once a month, once a quarter, whatever you have, put those on the calendar so that it doesn't take it until it's really hard, but you're able to consistently make those investments along the way. That's what we've found works the best for us.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing all these tools that kind of Helping people create and build their own toolkit for an extraordinary relationship. I love the examples. I'm excited to also revisit some of the examples of when things don't stay calm and aren't navigated perfectly when they do escalate and explore some of the tools for those moments as well. And just continue to talk about what are the things that are getting in the way or kind of blocking us from being able to live out the relationships we want, right? There's so many times where we're looking for this feeling and there's a disconnect between what we know we want and what we feel we have or are capable of. So bringing that where we want to be and how we're actually feeling closer together, exploring and figuring out and talking about ways to break down those obstacles and to create more, of course, flow and connection as a result. So the things that are either working against The connection versus conduits to create and augment that that connection. So, thank you so much for sharing all of these
0: things, and I'm really excited to hear more very soon. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thanks. It's always a blast getting to be on these calls with you. We
2: get to learn a lot more about ourselves too. Mm That's great.
0: (laughs) The perfect example. Everybody who just wants to.
1: Kind of this could be an example of what to add into your toolkit. Definitely. Having oh, somebody sure. interviewing you about the yeah. <laughs> relationship. That's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you so much to each and every one of you for tuning in to listen to our show. If you like what you learned and you know someone who might also like listening, please do share this podcast. You can also feel free to reach out to us anytime. If you'd like to submit questions, requests for experts to have on the show, or if you'd like to share your positive feedback or constructive criticism, we'd love to hear what you think. It's the only way we can learn and grow along with you. Be sure to check out our website, follow us on Instagram at bbxx.world, and subscribe to the Book Club newsletter where we send out even more resources to help you dive even deeper to the topics that we bring to you on the show. Once again, we encourage you to take what we discuss on this show and apply it in your everyday life. Because remember, better relationships equals better life.